Hello, hello. We did it, you guys. We made it to the one-year anniversary of the pandemic lockdown, at least in New York, March 14th. It was when everything shut down. It was mask on. Cops were yelling at you if you were outside for more than five minutes. But we made it, and we're here. And hello, how are you? (laughs) I hope you're doing well. Uh, It's Wendy, and you're listening to another episode of I Love You, Please Stop, and Other Things I Say to Myself and My Cat. Whew. You guys, uh... It's rough stuff over here for me. I'll be fine. I'm moving through it. Um, I'm back in St. Louis, and after being in New York for four and a half days, I'm back in the Midwest, and I hate to sound like an ungrateful cunt, but it sucks. It sucks. I'm just going to say it. Wait, let me put it into a feeling. (laughs) Hold on, because that's not an empirical fact. Um, I feel like it sucks, (laughs) okay? And I, and I don't mean to sound ungrateful because, again, there are a lot of good things about living here. And I know I'm here for a purpose. I know it's beneficial for me to be here and have these constraints on my life. I fully get it. Is my rent a fifth of what it was in Manhattan? Yes. Does that make my life easier? Yes. Am I getting money? Yes. Am I getting the best stick of my life? Yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. So there are lots of good things about being here. And I can appreciate all of those things. Whew, but man, going back to New York and going back to what I would consider my quote old life and seeing my friends and being able to work. We did like a photo shoot and it felt so fun. I was like, this feels normal. This was my old life. I felt like I had my superpowers back, okay? And I am not just talking about my drug dealer. I'm talking about my emotional superpowers uh, from, my, from my buddies and, and the momentum of the city, which sounds cheesy and hacky, but it's true. And I know that's not just a New York thing. I think we've all felt the momentum of our lives decrease along with the momentum of our cities decreasing due to the pandemic, right? And we can start to feel things pick back up now as people are getting vaccinated, things are opening up. You feel a little bit of more of like a spring in your step. You feel more hopeful. You feel more like putting pants on when you get on a Zoom call, right? Because you're like, oh, I can maybe go to a restaurant in a week. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll take a shower. I'll take a shower, <laughs> okay? So we're all feeling that. I just had a very extreme version <laughs> of going back into my old life. It felt like a dream. It was, it was surreal, Uh, To go back there and then come back to St. Louis, I mean, the last three days, I got to be honest, like I had a hard time even moving. And again, that's not because of my drug dealer, (laughs) okay? That's because it just, it it feels like my powers, my strength, everything was just ripped away from me violently. And the only thing I can compare it to is, I don't know, were you ever on a swim team? Anyone? And yes, I'm talking to all of you as if we are in a powwow in my apartment, <laughs> okay? So on swim team, in order to prep for a big meet, what you would do is practice your events in a full sweatsuit with tennis shoes, sometimes on your feet and on your hands, okay? My, my coach was a psychopath. Uh, won, a, won a lot of championships, but a full-blown psychopath. So that's how you would practice. And the purpose of doing that is so that when you would take off the sweatsuit, you would feel lighter. Your muscles would be able to work much more efficiently. Your arms would come out of the water way higher. You could just feel your body move faster when you 
took off the sweatsuit. Okay. Um, and did it suck? Yes. Okay. That's how I feel being here in St. Louis. And that's, I tried to record this yesterday all throughout the day and I was denying myself <laughs> the freedom to say it fucking sucks being back here. I wish I was in New York with my friends. We all can say that, right? This sucks. We wish there was no pandemic. Uh, we know there's a purpose for it. We may not understand the purpose. Okay. Now, uh, in the swimming analogy, we knew the purpose. He told us, put this on. You're going to feel better when you take it off. <laughs> We're like, okay. So even though, even when you know the purpose of a struggle, it doesn't make it suck any less. So don't deny yourself the pleasure of saying out loud <laughs> to the universe, this fucking sucks. Okay. And I do not like it. And I wish this was not happening. I accept that it is happening and we're going to keep moving forward, but it doesn't make it any less difficult to pull our arms all the way up out of the water. Okay. It doesn't make it suck any less. Right. So both things can exist. Okay? You can understand and be very Zen about what's happening and also notice that your entire body is in physical pain and it's hard to breathe. Okay. Those two things can coexist. And that's, what I'm going through right now. And I will tell you, as somebody who was able to kind of uh, strip off the sweatsuit and jump in and swim a few laps uh, just in a Speedo, the struggle that we are going through right now is worth it. And when you take off the sweatsuit, you're going to be way faster and feel so much lighter on your feet. And you're going to really appreciate how freely you are able to move. Okay. So as someone who was able to kind of jump back into their old life and then had to uh, put the sweatsuit back on, it's worth it. It's worth it. So even if you're like, the bullshit, I swear, it'll, it'll be fine. And we're getting close to the end of this. And you're going to feel great, so just keep your spirits up. Keep your head up, even if you didn't write that novel and start that YouTube show that you were going to start. Weren't we all going to like do a bunch of cool things at the beginning of the pandemic? I was looking through my phone at photos from March 2020, and like, the first week of lockdown, it's a bunch of very sassy photos of me like with a mask on and then me like just like holding bottles of champagne like this is gonna be fun I'm just gonna dress up and have zoom cocktail hour with my girlfriends for like two to four weeks lots of videos of me doing a cooking show that I was for sure like I'm just gonna do like funny cooking no one else will have that idea <laughs> it's like and then cut to April of 2020 it's just like pictures of me and my cat in bed crying <laughs> for the rest of the pandemic and then you know looking up on Zillow screenshots of like okay where can I go it's a little bit more affordable right so if you were able to accomplish great things in the past year good for you if you were not good for you also if you are alive and listening to this you did it okay we're close to the end keep pushing through. So that's the first thing that I want to talk about because that's the one thing that I've been struggling with uh, since I got back. The other thing I've been struggling with, and this is what we are going to meditate on today, is this idea that our self-worth and even our existence is dependent on the things in our life. 
What am I talking about? I'm talking about friends, relationships, jobs, money, status, okay? Even things like our, our physical capabilities, right? So this idea that we are the constant in our lives and the things around us are in constant change and flux and this idea that our happiness should not be dependent on the stability of our relationships and connections to outside things, okay? Uh, And so let me go to the book and focus us, and focus mostly me. We're on page 62, Living a Life of Awareness. This is entitled Engagement. Engagement is the action of interacting with the focal point of our attention. We become involved in the form of an attachment with a thing, situation, person, or idea by investing a piece of ourselves in it. And engagement produces suffering when we become so attached that we forget that who we are is different from the focal point of our attention. When we lose this awareness, we bestow our inner power on something outside of ourselves, and we surrender our happiness to the stability of this outer situation. In the dream of the planet, everything is in constant flux. Nothing stays stable for very long. Like dance partners who flow with the melody and rhythm of our life, our job is to engage things with ease, remembering that who we are is not contingent upon something outside of ourselves. I love this. This is like the Zen version of the Brad Pitt speech in Fight Club, right? You're not your money. You're not your fucking jobs. Oh, love that movie so much. Uh, And I think intellectually, I love this. It's the Zen version of the Brad Pitt speech in Fight Club, right? You're not your jobs. You're not your fucking money. Oh, love that movie so much. And I think a lot of us understand this concept intellectually, But it's important to take a moment and internalize it on an emotional level. Really take a look at the attachments in our lives. And this is not to say completely detach and, I don't know, move to an attic in St. fucking Louis. Okay? (laughs) That's not not what I'm saying to do. I love this analogy, right? This dancing analogy where you can still engage with people, places, things, ideas, beliefs. That's part of living. That's part of the fun of existing is you're engaging with different things, okay? You go to a dance club, you dance with lots of different people. You don't go to a dance club and dance with one person and then you're like, all right, you're my dance partner for fucking life. You better never leave my side. It's like, whoa, bro, relax. <laughs> Just move. There are other people here. Just move around and have fun. So that's how we want to engage with all the experiences and physical things in our life. And I say physical things because I think we all have like little things where it's like a good luck charm, you know, like a ring. I I remember I once got a ring and I bought it on the side of the road after the first time I headlined a gig and was um, like an arrow pointing forward and it was handmade out of silver by this Iroquois woman. And I was like, this is my, gonna tell me to push forward and then I lost it two years later and I cried for like two days because I was like I should probably kill myself because I do not have the string it's like well that's not true okay so um so physical things too just pay attention to little things and have healthy attachments we want to have healthy attachments and I'm here to tell you you can lose it all and you still exist you can lose everything and continue to move forward in life okay for example I was able to get on a plane without any form of uh, government ID. 
So, <laughs> see, uh, they're, they're proof positive. Yeah, I lost my wallet in New York. I, did, I, did I mention enough times that I, that I know a, a drug dealer in New York? So I do not drink here in St. Louis because I can, and I'm trying to really have a good attitude. And I, and I usually, I, I, I would say 90% of the time I can be very focused. But the way that I feel being in St. Louis is I feel like I am at a, at a super expert level escape room. And the escape room starts where you are in the bottom of a well with no rungs, okay? So you got to scrape your way to the top of this thing, which is why I don't drink here because I want to be focused and aware and I'm trying to... God, this sounds terrible and I don't mean it to, but I'm trying to get the fuck out, okay? And I know we're not supposed to be attached to outcomes, but I, I'll work on that on my own time, okay? But I'm just going to be honest with you. That's how I feel here, which is why I don't drink when I'm here. Now, I was in New York and I was like, ah, yeah, I want to go to a wine bar. And because I don't drink very much, I might get sleepy. So yeah, I want to just whatever. If there's a cop listening, I'm, it's a lie. I'm trying to sound cool to these young Gen Z kids. <laughs> Is Gen Z even old enough to buy alcohol? Who knows? Anyway, uh, I was consuming substances and it was very fun. I shockingly lost my wallet. And actually, it was a shock. I, I thought I was keeping it safe in my zipper pocket of my coat. But what can you do, Okay. I lost my wallet and I was surprisingly zen. I was surprisingly zen when I lost my wallet. Two reasons. Two reasons. Three reasons, actually. One, this podcast. I'm not bullshitting you. A hundred percent. Because I thought, okay, I cannot lose my shit over a wallet. Things can all be replaced. It's happening for you, not to you. Pretend you're Simba and you just watch your dad get killed in front of you and also cannot find your wallet. <laughs> like whatever I had to visualize. So that was one reason. The other reason was because I planned to go to New York and have fun. That was my plan. The photo shoot was the first day. It was a photo shoot for my new merch line. Plug, I have a new merch line. Check it on my website. A lot of cool stuff. Um, my friend Kylie designed it. She's great. Uh, so that was my plan, to go. Photo shoot was the first day. My buddy flew in from Houston, and we were like, we're just going to blow this motherfucker out. That's all I wanted to do. And that was my plan, just have fun. I, if we're uh, using this analogy again, I just really wanted to be in the Matrix, bro. I wanted to have a fucking stake in the Matrix. So that was my plan. Uh, and the plan was going smoothly. Sunday night, I think I went to sleep, but I don't know, five in the morning? What Time isn't real. Time is not real. We're in a simulation. It's a flat circle or whatever. Anyway, uh, I woke up around 10, did a very fun interview on Zoom with a studio in New York City. And I was going to go in the studio, but I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm so hungover. I, I cannot move. My buddy who was visiting from Houston, I was like, hey, I know you wanted to go into the studio and meet everybody, but do you think it would be funny if I was in New York, but I was so fucked up that I couldn't come into the studio? Do you think that's like a funny bit? If I do it as a bit. So, <laughs> and he was like, um, I also do not want to get out of bed. Uh, so yes, I think that is a very funny bit. I said, great, you sold me on it. So I did what I thought was a very fun interview in, in a boy's basketball shorts, sunglasses on, and had a great time. I get done with the the show and I'm like, man, I'm fucking, I'm crushing it. Good for me. I got it together. I got my act together. Right. And I walked back to my hotel room 
to get showered and changed. And I noticed my wallet's not in my bag or in my coat pocket. I didn't freak out. I was like, oh, it's probably in my buddy's room. I probably left it there. So I text him, and he says, nope, it's not here. And I was like, fucking shit. And I stopped for a moment. I took my own advice from the show, which is do not just react to things. Let's take a deep breath. Inhale. (laughs) Exhale. What's the best course of action here? And identified the feeling, right? What do I feel like I want to do? I feel like I want to flip the fuck out and scream and yell and cry and call myself an idiot. Okay. Okay, so that's the first feeling. Now, we've all been in situations where we've lost something or something's not gone right. And a lot of us have probably freaked the fuck out. Has that ever helped the situation? Be honest. Has it ever helped? No. If you're in a fight with someone, you're angry with a friend or a partner or a coworker, if you have a disagreement with someone, has it worked out better for you when you've been able to calmly say, hey, can we talk about this? Or is it better when you come in, guns blazing, like, all right, sit down, motherfucker, sit down. No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm talking, okay? Yelling and freaking out does not help a situation. And I was pretty sure, based on past experiences, because I've lost my wallet twice before, not trying to shock anyone, both of those times I completely freaked out and my wallet did not magically reappear in my hands. So I thought, okay, I've tried that before and that's not going to help. Okay. Uh, and I also, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have fun. And while I lost my photo ID and my credit cards, you know, your girl keeps cash and weird stashes all over the place. I do it in my apartment. I, I do it when I travel. So I thought I've got cash. And thank God New York still runs on cash. It's a, it's a crime-run city. I love it. So I thought, I'll be okay. I can still pay for shit. The hotel's paid for. Like, I'm good on my trip here. And I have a picture of my license, my passport, and my phone, which if you have not done that, hit pause, and please do that right now. Take a photo of your government documents and favorite that shit in your phone and your credit cards, too. Just do it, okay? Because, I mean, first of all, if you're cool like me, you're going to lose that shit at some point. It's just nice to have. Uh, but I, really, I thought about it, and I was like, okay, I want to have fun. I have a f- couple days left. I don't want to ruin my own good time by freaking out about having lost this stuff. These are all things that can be replaced. These are all things that can be replaced. And as far as, like, how are you going to get on a plane without an ID? It's like, well, I'm, I'm me. I'm not committing a crime trying to get on a plane so I can prove that I'm me. I can prove to the TSA that I exist, right? So this is a very literal example of I lost everything, but I still exist, (laughs) and I still want to have a good time while I'm existing. So freaking out is not the way to do it. And all the stuff I would have to do, which is replace credit cards. That's stuff I'm getting to get a new license. That's stuff I couldn't do till I got back to St. Louis anyway. So I'm like, well, if I can't do anything about it for three days, why am I going to worry about it? I'll worry about it when I worry about it. Okay. And so that was helpful. And the third reason that I didn't have a panic attack was because my buddy who flew in from Houston lost his ID in the Houston airport. And when he showed up Saturday, he's very sweet. He showed up with pizza to the photo shoot. And I was like, bro, we're going to blow this motherfucker out. And he's like, I've lost my 
my ID. I was like, do you have your wallet and stuff? He goes, yeah, but my ID, I don't know how I'm going to get on the plane. I mean, I have a photo of it in my phone, but I don't know if that'll work. And he was freaking out, and I didn't want him to bum me out. And so I said, bro, you're not your fucking things, man. You're not the government. What even is the government? You don't need their approval to let you know that you exist. You're here, motherfucker. You're eating this pizza. You're breathing this air. And I was very zen about like, hey, man, you know, it's a simulation anyway. It's going to be fine. Just relax because I didn't want to bum out my good time. And so when I lost my stuff a mere 36 hours later, I had to follow suit because I couldn't all of a sudden freak out. And he'd be like, well, wait, but my license isn't a big deal. And I'd be like, yeah, well, you're not. Do you have a T-shirt with your face on it, bro? My stuff is important. Your stuff, I mean, whew. But so say that it, it pays to be a little bit smug to your friends when they're going through a hard time. Because then when you go through a hard time, <laughs> if they happen to be in the same room, um, you also have to be chill about your own problems, okay? So shout out to my buddy for buying pizza and for losing all of his shit. I was actually able to, this is logistical. This is not like a Zen piece of advice. This is just logistically speaking. You can get on an airplane without government ID physically in your hand. You ideally have a photo of it. You want something with your name on it in writing. And this is something my friend flew out the day before me. He was like, okay, so here's what you're going to need to get on the plane. I was like, thank God I have friends that are just responsible enough to have a picture of their ID with them. Like, we're not so responsible that we're not going to lose our ID. Like, I, a super responsible person would be like, why would you need that? Just don't lose your shit in the street. And you're like, mm, okay, but that doesn't sound very fun, <laughs> Okay. So he gave me a heads up. Now, if I was coming from home, I could bring a piece of mail. And if I hadn't lost my entire wallet, I could have a credit card. But I was <laughs> in New York, didn't have anything in any of my bags with my name on it. And so I got a folio printout from the hotel with my name on it and my merch shirt with my name and a cartoon drawing of my face. I wore that to the airport. I was like, okay, these two things should cover me. <laughs> Just like, what? It was possible. Just get to the airport early. Just get there early, and they will make you take a quiz. I had to take a quiz about, uh, if they just were like, name your mother. <laughs> so I said my mom's name, and they're like, how about your brother? <laughs> so I said my brother's name. And the last four digits of my phone number I needed to know, which that was clutch, I got that. And the last question, almost, whew, I almost had to flash my merch shirt because the last question was, when's your mother's birthday? And so I gave the month and the day, and he said, okay, what, what, which year? And I was like, oh, oh hello, <laughs> basic math. And I instinctually, like, pulled my phone out to use the calculator, and he was like, no, 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 you can't use the internet. Which is like, first of all, the internet to Google my mother's year of birth. That's such a specific thing. I'm not going to phone a friend. And even if I was going to call someone, what if I was calling my mother? What if I was calling the woman that you've already identified as my mother? Like, that doesn't that count? It's like the fact that I have her number in my phone as mom, does that not prove I'm me? And I said, oh, I was going to use my calculator. And he's like, no, you got it. It's like, bro, you're not going to let me use my calculator. I'm a 39-year-old. Sorry, Hollywood woman who lost her entire wallet and is wearing a cartoon face of herself on her back. 
Okay. So I might not be the most mentally acute at this moment. You're not going to let me hit up a calculator so I can get on a fucking plane. <sighs> so I did an inhale and an exhale. <laughs> I pulled up my little fingers and I got that answer right. And they let me on the plane. And I was very chill the entire flight and on the way home. And as soon as I walked into my apartment and I was excited to see my kitty cat, I just felt the weight of the sweatsuit just on my body. And I, and I, I literally just collapsed on the bed. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And if I'm being honest, there are two things that I was really bummed about losing. One, my wallet, because it was a really cute wallet, and I went online to see if I could order another one, and they don't make it anymore, and I was very sad. I cried about that. And my New York State driver's license. Not only is it cool to be from New York, and I hate to sound like an asshole, but it's fucking cool to have a New York State driver's license, and my address was the Upper East Side, and the picture, my hair was all messy, and I looked like a mental patient. That was a cool license. So I was sad about that, and I just cried, like, well, I'm just fucking have a Missouri license, and my, my hair is probably going to be, like, brushed. And I got really sad, and I had to just sit with that for the past three days and work through it and remind myself, hey, bitch, you're not your stuff. You got to let go of these attachments. And that's with the passage in the book. When we talk about suffering comes from becoming so attached to outside things that your happiness depends on the stability of those things, okay? That's where suffering comes in. I was so attached to that wallet and to my New York State driver's license, I felt like, oh, that's my identity, that I cried about a wallet. That's craziness, but also, I think, relatable, right? I, we've all had stuff, like if your favorite t-shirt that you lose and you're like, I don't want to kill myself with. My friend gave me that shirt like three years ago and it was really special to me. Okay, great, it's just a shirt. You don't need it. You are you without the shirt. Okay, so that's what we are going to meditate on today. So let's get someplace comfortable and cozy. So you're sitting down, you're lying down. Let's turn on some music to help us both chill out. Let's get loose here. Okay, good. So as you are sitting or lying down comfortably, why don't you just take a deep breath in. Let's inhale. Through the top. And exhale. Good. Let's take another deep breath in. Go ahead and inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. Now go through your body. Check for any points of tension. Maybe your shoulders, maybe your neck. Go ahead and loosen your shoulders. Roll your neck out. Check your wrists, your ankles your fingers, your toes. Just move those around. Get your joints nice and loose. Maybe there's tension in your back. Notice that. And on these next two breaths, you're going to breathe into those points of tension and release the pressure as you exhale. Okay? Inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. 
one here, breathing into the points of tension in your physical body. Inhale. And exhale. Good. Now for this meditative practice game, I would like you to picture yourself on a dance floor. It can be a dance floor that you have in your memory, a real place. It can be an imaginary dance floor. I've been picturing myself on a cosmic dance floor. That's kind of fun, right? So you're in space, so it's dark, and there are stars sparkling around you. So picture yourself on a dance floor, and I want you to picture a spotlight on you, okay? And if you want to imagine different music playing in the background, go for it, whatever comes into your mind, all right? So as you're on the center of the dance floor, I want you to be very specific with yourself. And I want you to visualize people, places, things, ideas, and beliefs to which you are attached. Okay? So again, people, places, things, beliefs, and ideas to which you are attached. So be very specific, and I want you to create a visual for each of those things. And I want you to picture each of those specific things standing around you on the dance floor. So they're making a circle around you, okay? Good. Let's take a deep breath in here. And on this breath, it's just going to strengthen your visualization of these very specific things in your life that are standing around you, okay? Inhale. Exhale. Good. Now going deeper into this meditation, just breathe at a normal rate. Once I let you go, here's what I would like you to do. I want you to engage with each of these specific things standing around you as if you are at a party. You're going to go up to one, have a little dance, do a little spin, walk back to the center, which is your center, under your spotlight, and then move to the next and have a little dance and come back to your center. Okay? This is just a way for us to practice engaging with everything in our life with ease. You're going to have fun and it's going to be easy. Okay? You can engage without being attached. Okay? So that's what you're going to do for this exercise. It's just have fun dancing, always coming back to your center because you are the center of your experience. Engage, have fun without becoming attached. All right? Let's take two deep breaths in before I let you go into this dance party. Inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. Inhale. 
exhale.
Welcome back. I hope that was a fun meditative dance exercise for you. I really like that one. Like I said, I've been doing that for the past few days, and uh, it's been helpful just visualizing myself doing the waltz with my driver's license. (laughs) I still cannot believe I lost my wallet. I mean, God. If I'm being honest, though, there was a purpose behind it. Actually, it served two purposes. Uh, The first, I was less depressed getting on the plane, you know, like leaving my friends in New York. Uh, If I'd had all my stuff with me, I would have just been crying in the TSA line. I'm like, I'm going to write a poem as soon as I get to my gate. (laughs) But instead, I had to like, whoa, sit up straight and take an SAT test before I could get on the flight. Um, And the second is we have a, a nice topic for this podcast. We're not attached to our things. Even our government issued IDs. You still exist without that. So see, everything serves a purpose, even when you don't realize it. And I know there are some people that will say, Wendy, it sounds like you are justifying your drug and alcohol use while you were in New York. And to those people, I would like to say, fuck you, nerd. What are you? A cop. Okay, here's the weekly practice. (laughs) The weekly practice is let's go through our day and notice the things to which we are strongly attached Okay, you're not going to do anything crazy, like blow up your life and like, you know, what? I, I'm really attached to my spouse. I feel like I'd be really sad and I would feel lost without my spouse. So I'm going to get a divorce. So I, we're not doing that. You're not going to get rid of all your belongings. Don't go throw your wallet in a river. We don't need to do anything crazy like that. Just notice the things to which you are deeply attached and things that if they were no longer there would lead to great suffering on your part. And just notice those things, okay? You're not going to do anything about it. Just notice it and be aware. And we're going to next week talk about setting boundaries because you can reset boundaries without completely breaking shit apart, okay? So that's the practice. Just notice. Just notice things to which you are, are deeply and emotionally attached, things to which you've tied your identity, your self-worth, and even your existence, okay? So that's the weekly practice. And um, again, just on another logistical note, this is not very zen. This goes along with taking a photo of your ID and having that on your phone. Uh, People are going to start traveling again. If you go on a vacation someplace and you choose to indulge in a substance that requires some type of chopping, do not use your hotel room card. Okay. Use your ID. Use your ID. Okay. Cause I don't know about you, even in my darkest of dark blackouts, I have never lost so much as a half of a pill. Okay. So in order to have a fun and safe trip where you can get on a plane without taking a test, keep your drugs with your documents. Okay. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. And uh, hey, we made it a year. Good for us. All right. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Bye.